0: But <music> we
1: everyone, and welcome to another episode of, I hesitate to call it Dancers, because the host of Dancers, Danny O'Dwyer, uh, had wisdom teeth surgery a couple days ago he expected he would be uh, feeling good by today, but he is in bed, has barely gotten out. So it's just going to be me and uh, Nikki Glazer here. Nikki, how are you doing?
0: I wanted it this way. Yeah. Yes. You weren't a
1: fan of Danny last time.
0: Not a fan.
1: No, no. Not
0: no. I I love Danny. I'm sad to hear he is bedridden, but what a pussy.
1: Oh, Danny's a giant pussy. Yeah.
0: Giant. Every- what what yeah. happened? I was like, I was. Did, have you had your wisdom teeth though yet?
1: I did in college. I did. Yeah, me yeah. too.
0: And I was just ready to go right out of the gate.
1: I, okay, so mine sucked because I was afraid of uh, pain medication. Mm. I, did, I didn't want to feel high. Mm. So they gave me all this stuff, all the Percocets and oxycodones or whatever, and I wouldn't take any of it.
0: Where are they now? Oh, <laughs> probably. Can I buy them off you? They're
1: probably in Lawrence, Kansas. Still. Oh, okay. So if okay. you ever go back there, mm-hmm. where's the last time you've been to Lawrence?
0: Ooh, it's been so long. I don't even know. I mean, since I graduated, yeah.
1: Wow, you haven't been back once.
0: Yeah, and actually, I didn't go to graduation. So since, oh, okay. I, since I, since I, since I turned in my last homework assignment, I don't know. Since I moved, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: I, I went back uh, like a year ago. It's mostly the same, you know, the mastery Street thing. Like most of those bars that yeah. we went to mainly, they're still around. Yeah. All those shitty, you know, Brothers and Quintons and all that stuff that's no...
0: still around. I <sighs> interest. I yeah. don't know. I just don't care. I mean, I would go back if uh, they would have me perform at the school and pay me thousands of dollars. Of course, but like, yeah. Um, I, uh, I mean, I, there's some nostalgia there, but I wasn't like... Uh, other than I worked at Aladdin Cafe and I would go visit there again. But every time I go to um, Kansas City, I just like, I, I, there's nothing that was like, oh, I want to go drive 45 minutes to go see Kate, uh, uh, Lawrence, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think most of the people that have those really strong feelings about Lawrence yeah. are the people that got way into like the college basketball stuff yes. and all that. And I don't remember you ever talking about that. I never gave a shit about that stuff. Nope. It drove me nuts. How like I, when I lived in the dorms, the team would lose and like guys would be throwing chairs through windows and girls would be crying. And I just, are you guys fucking kidding me? It's it's insane. They're like, I'm sure most colleges are obsessed with their sports, but KU and basketball is fucking nuts.
0: Yeah. It's really, it was, uh, that's the reason I came to KU is because I, my freshman year, I went to university of Colorado Boulder and then I visited my friends who all went to KU, my high school friends all went to KU. And for my spring break at Boulder, I went to KU to visit and the, the K, uh, KU was in the final four, and we won some game that was like very important, and it was fucking nuts. On uh, Mass Street,
1: yes, yeah. I still was, have tons of pictures. From it that. was
0: amazing. It was the best time of my life. <laughs> it was just like so fun. Everyone was like, it was mayhem. I, I think it was like the biggest party i've ever seen in my life people were just running around and it was such a celebration and i was like i've i'm gonna i'm gonna come to school here like that was my deciding factor and guess what it never was that fun again ever
1: were you there No, you were gone by the time they won the national championship and which i, yeah. I, I, I t- t- quick step back here uh, for those who haven't heard the last episode oh, or yeah, don't know sorry. our history basically we went to college together we met dan in like and i are 04. old friends uh, yeah. yeah we met at a house party in yes. lawrence kansas mm-hmm. and uh we can get into that the rest a little later. Is but, uh,
0: oh, 04, was it?
1: I believe so. Okay. House yeah. party on, it was that big house at 15th in Louisiana. We okay. always had those four or five kegers. Yes. Yeah. I
0: remember, I remember it was like where we met in the house, but I don't yes. remember where the house was.
1: Right. I just remember because I used to party there all the time. I knew some people that oh, lived there. okay. So, yeah. I don't know
0: what brought me there. That was that like night.
1: the party house, I think.
0: It was Destiny that brought me there.
1: <laughs> but that Final Four thing you're talking about. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because as someone who didn't even watch the game, didn't give a shit about basketball or kind of sports in general – it was such an insane thing to see an entire downtown area. And everyone's so happy. Like people were like high-fiving cops and stuff. Nobody was causing trouble. Like
0: Everyone was, it's joyous. Yeah,
1: you could sprint up and down mastery Street. Yeah. And people were holding their hands out and you could high-five everyone. And I was jumping in the back of pickup trucks and waving flags and stuff. like Yes. With, completely out of the context of the basketball shit. It's like, this is just a lot of people having a really good time.
0: Yeah, it was not, there was no like rioting of, like it no. wasn't like a riotous celebration. It was just happiness. It was yeah. so. And I was like, I'm going to school here. I just know it. And so I transferred. And then it was just, it was never that way again.
1: Because, yeah, I think it's probably near, again, not knowing much about college sports, it has to be one of the most insane sports communities out there, I would imagine. Like, I'm sure there are some like, oh, we're the big football college or whatever. Right. God, uh, so God. like 08, they actually won the thing. Because oh, I remember the Final they? Four stuff you're talking about, but 08, they won the whole national championship. And God I had graduated them. at this point and lived in Kansas City. <laughs> but I remembered how awesome it was. So I did do the 40 minute drive or whatever. To you go down went there. over
0: there? Yeah.
1: And I got really drunk during the game mm-hmm. at Fatsos? Uh, mm. No, the Granada. The Granada had a viewing party. Oh. And that was like the only time I ever went to the Granada. And uh, I got just wasted, like super blackout drunk. And I don't even, there were pictures of me on mastery partying with people I don't have any recollection with. I woke up in a fire juggler's house. What? I remember. Like, I, it wasn't like a thing where I went and like, slept with her or anything like that. How do you like that.
0: know that she was, you woke up and she was juggling fire mm-hmm. or like, you Not, just like saw in the living the, room? You saw the equipment?
1: No, I woke up uh, the next morning because I asked off work, so I just like slept in or whatever. And I woke <laughs> up and this girl was, there. I was on her couch. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry, I have to be honest. I don't remember uh, what happened last How night, I got what, here. your name. And she's like, oh, yeah, you saw me like juggling fire on the street and you were just like, ah, that's crazy. And then we started talking and then you slept on my couch.
0: Oh, my so, God.
1: that happened, I guess.
0: Isn't that so insane that that can happen, that you can have whole conversations just at, like... Well... You have quit drinking, right? Yes. I, I
1: saw your special, perfect, which is on uh, Comedy Central. It's on the website now too. Yeah, it's on the website. The it's on the app. You yep. can just
0: you can buy it. You can do whatever you, fuck you want with it.
1: All right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I I watched it over the last couple days. Congrats yeah. on that. That's I'm amazing. So, I'm sorry
0: it took you a couple of days. Well, I I watched stuff at kidding. the gym and I do 30 minutes at a time. <gasps> I'm like, kidding, Dan. It, uh, it that's was so good. funny. Congrats. Thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Because the thing you said to me uh, at that house party when we first met is, you know, we probably told it on the last one, but I yeah. said I'm going to make it big in the gaming industry, and you said you're going to see me on Comedy Central. Yes. And then over the years, it was so insane to see like, I remember I was working at Garmin in Kansas City and you were on The Tonight Show back when Leno was hosting Yes. I was like, holy shit. And I remember at one point watching a, uh, I just, I love stand-up comedy and Uh I watched some documentary on Netflix, I Am Comic. Yeah. And all of a sudden you show up and I'm like, holy shit, that's Nikki, what the hell? Yeah. And just as the years went by, just more and more like, Nikki's really fucking doing it. Like she's really, like did you have a moment when you realized like, Okay, this might act. Was it last comic standing? Because you were on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it was always. uh, There was always a part of me that was like, you know, this is going to take a long time. There's no, there's never going to be like a break. Like this, you have to work at this for a long time to get to where you're going to be known for it. So uh, there was never like, um, I just always knew like that I'm going to all the little things that I got along the way. I was never like, this is my moment. Like I'm going to now I'm going to be known and I don't even feel like that now. Like now it's just starting to feel like, okay, now I'm at the point where I feel like I deserve some of the stuff that I'm getting. And I'm like, okay, good. I'm getting the right attention for the amount of work I've put in. But um yeah I always I always knew that I'd get to this place as long as I kept doing it and so it it makes sense you know like I just think it's about uh yeah I always I I knew that this would happen if it, as long as I put the work in, and I did, so yeah.
1: And this is like exactly what you were saying to me in two thousand four. Yeah, and like you just put the work in, you go for it, and you know you start yeah. at Stanford and Sons and everything out in Kansas City. Yeah, it's and
0: a f- it's a pain in the ass. It's a lot of it's just a it's but you like it, so it doesn't feel like work. And t- you know there are times when it does and it sucks, but most of the time you're just like, oh, this is this is fun, and you're young, and so you don't mind being broke and sleeping on couches right. and being in cars with weird guys and flying places by yourself and and all that bullshit you don't mind it because you're just like young and it's fun and you're pursuing your dream and all that stuff but um but then you look you look back and you're like what was i doing like i put myself in so many you know shady situations and everything like that but um yeah it was it was a lot of work but i i always knew that like there was maybe one a couple months in there, where I was like, "What if I don't make it? Like, what's going to happen?" And I was like, "I'll kill myself." Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that was kind of it. Like, I was like, "If this doesn't work out, then I'll just not." Like, I don't know what I'll do. So, if, there was never other uh, not other thing.
1: I think I remember meeting up with you in LA years and years ago. This yeah, when I was a game informer, there were a couple times. There was a time I just randomly saw you on the street in front of UCB, mm. and then there was a time before that when you talk about a couple months where you weren't really sure. I think you were. Living in L.A. at this point, and you were talking about going back to New York. Does that sound familiar? We were at some restaurant near UCB.
0: Yeah. I was... uh, I think I was... I never was in New York, but I was probably thinking about moving to New York. Maybe that was it. Yeah. And... Yeah, I was probably doing that. I was seeing a guy at the time who lived in New York or was going to move to New York, but I ended up just going back to St. Louis. I was like gonna, I was gonna stop in St. Louis and like say hi to my parents, but then I lived there for a year and a half.
1: Were you teaching at some point? Do you, yeah, I remember you? Yes, I was. Okay. Yes, yeah. I, was
0: a, I was a teacher for a, a, a Korean prep school um, for a summer um, for kids that were in between high school and middle school. And so I did that. Like, I did a bunch of, like, temp jobs just to afford to live. And, you know, my parents lent me money, too. And it just got to the point where I was like, I can't afford to do this. And I was going on the road to do comedy and make no money. So then I moved back home to St. Louis to save up money.
1: So did you have the Last Comic Standing notoriety yet at this yeah, point? Yeah, I had okay. Last Comic
0: Standing. I had The Tonight Show. I had, like, all this... I had stuff.
1: Does that bump up your rate significantly when you can put that on? Like... No.
0: Really? No one cares. Like, everyone has it's 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 tough because comics strive for all these notches in their belt like you know Conan and the Tonight Show and uh Fallon even and uh or um, the Tonight Show but Seth Meyers any of these things last comic uh there's this thing uh that you go you go to the Montreal Comedy Festival and it's uh you go new faces and that's like when you're presented to the industry and you, str- you get these things and you think th- your life's going to change and it just doesn't because there's – the market's oversaturated. It's just not the same as it was back in the days where you – on Johnny Carson, the next day you have a development deal with ABC yeah. or whatever and um, – But, yeah, nothing changed. I mean, like, you know, the comedy world, like, says, like, hey, you were on Conan last night. That's awesome. Like, you get more respect maybe in the comedy world. But, like, outside of that, clubs don't care. No one cares.
1: So it's not like the old days where, you know, you brought up Johnny and The the Tonight Show. Like, it's like, oh, he invited me over to the desk. That means he likes me. Like, does it still have that clout among comedians? Like, because you did it when Leno was there. Yeah. Which I feel like, you know. Before
0: he went back after Conan. So before So he still had a
1: little bit of goodwill?
0: yeah he okay. did yeah, this right. was before Conan came to the Tonight show. So yeah, I mean it was it was a big deal to comedians and of course, like it it definitely sounded good on the road when people were like from the Tonight show, but I it didn't change anything. like I remember the next day being like still broke. no calls were coming in. I think the Tyra Bank show contacted my manager and was like, Maybe she can be a correspondent or something. And then they never called back again. Did they do like like
1: field pieces for Ranks, Verbanks?
0: Maybe they were interested in doing Hmm. something. I don't know. But that that was all I got. And then I went to – I remember I went to Subway the next day. The only time I ever got recognized until like recently (laughs) – was that I went to this? I went to Subway the day after I did the Tonight Show, and I was ordering, and the girl looked up and she goes, "Are you on the Tonight Show last night?" I was like, "Yeah," and she was like, "I recognize your voice. It's like raspy." And I was like, "Thank you."
1: So you said that was the first time you got that was recognized? that
0: was the first time and the last until like very really? recently. Yeah, I just started getting like stuff.
1: Even with the like Nikki and Sarah stuff. I mean, you had a. I mean,
0: Nikki and Sarah. The only time I got recognized was when we both were went to a Taylor Swift concert, which was our demo. And And we were together, and we were dressed like like Nikki and Sarah. I mean, like otherwise, we were not. I never was recognized ever.
1: So, were you specifically targeting like a younger female? Like again, for those that don't know, Nikki and Sarah Live was on MTV to two seasons. Is that right? Uh, Yes. You were in the old TRL studio, right? Yes. Remember, you were in the process of going there that night. I just ran into you on the street, and we got dinner. And you are like, "Yeah, moving into like the TRL studio. Like this is nuts." And. So how was that? Like, was that a very specific, like, did you have to tailor your comedy towards a specific demographic? Yeah, for
0: I mean, that was MTV. So it was like very young uh, kids. And so we had to dress like we were like teenagers and uh, cater it to like One Direction fans and Justin Bieber <laughs> fans and stuff like that, which I knew all that gossip and stuff anyway so it was it was fine and it was fun it was it it was easy to write that kind of comedy and we we stuck to like what we liked too but we had to kind of dumb it down a little bit but not too much like that show I look back and like there were really funny things that we did on that show that I'm like I stand by and I'm like that was fucking funny like looking back and so I uh I loved... That was so much fun, that show, to work on. But no one watched it, you know? Like, it's just too hard to get eyes on things when, you know, you're on at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday and, you know, teenagers are not watching MTV at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday on a a school night.
1: Maybe 10 years ago, that was more a thing.
0: Yeah, maybe. And it's like, just... It wasn't getting the ratings that we needed to survive. And that's just the... It was just... There's too much TV, and so to stand out, you need really a lot of marketing and a lot of uh, viral Stuff And we just didn't have it. And it's like, you know, so it just didn't last.
1: You can, you can see that shift with, like, it seems Fallon specifically yes. is trying to tailor stuff towards, like, okay, here's a quick, like, you know, it's, you know, meme-focused or whatever. Here's, you know, some super hot celebrity doing something that can be shared easily that's 90 seconds long or whatever. So yes. this can get big on the internet, and then yes. hopefully that'll lead to eyes on TV or whatever.
0: It's all about that.
1: Which I, I remember, uh, so, you know, I've been obsessed with Norm McDonald for yeah forever. Uh, and I've had the good fortune of every time I see him live... I've had a chance to just talk to him afterwards. I don't know That's how, awesome. but but uh, last time I talked to him, we were just kind of talking about, you know, uh, like I kind of talked about what I do with the podcast and stuff. Yeah. And I brought up his YouTube thing. Like, did you see the YouTube pre-show for like, the YouTube awards? And they had, it was a... Uh, Oh my god, you would love this. It's Jenny Slate had to host it and she's trying so hard to keep this train on the tracks. And Norm is just there smoking a cigarette and sweatpants on this red carpet thing and just railing against the entire internet. Like this is hosted by YouTube and he's just talking like you can't get famous on a computer. Like no, you got to be on the TV. You can't like no one can not be internet famous. That's not a thing. Like no one's going to recognize you if you're on the internet. And so
0: if oh you haven't seen god. this, it's,
1: it's amazing. Just Google and Jenny like Jenny
0: Slate's hosting it. Yeah, she's trying so hard, and you can tell she oh, thinks I it's love hilarious. Jenny Slate, of course she does. But yeah. she's,
1: it's her job to like be the main host and yeah. keep this on track. And <laughs> oh, you feel bad for her, but she's also trying not to crack up the whole time. <sighs>
0: yes. Oh my god, I'm so watching this when I get home.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So I, I talked to Norm about that, and he's just he said the same thing. Basically, he's like, "Yeah, you can't get famous on the computer," which. I guess kind of what I'm strictly internet, you know, like we have subscribers and we're just, we do YouTube and podcasts and all that stuff. You were on Comedy Central. You've got, you know, billboards on Sunset Boulevard and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So is there that thing in the comedy world too, to where... There are the big mainstream ones that are on TV that are on Comedy Central, but are there some that just kind of get stuck on like, oh, he's big on the internet, like, uh, oh, he does great on YouTube, but he doesn't really sell a lot of tickets, or he doesn't get, you know, deals on TV? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that it is weird because what you're really trying to do is just move stuff online. Like, everything is geared towards... How, did it go viral? Are you're trying to get stuff online that gets a lot of views? Everything is trying to get views, and so the the the, the show, the linear show that exists on TV, it like ratings don't even fucking matter anymore because yeah. no one watches TV. It really, I mean, it's it's a bonus, but the, the network doesn't even look at ratings. I mean. Right. Uh, there's this New York Times article about Comedy Central and like what they're really looking at. And it's all views. Like Key and Peele has millions and millions of views. And it's... Their show, I don't know, does that great in ratings, but their view count is just yeah. crazy. Schumer, same deal. Like mm-hmm. so many views. And so those... Sh- that's just a huge boost for Comedy Central, their brand. But the show itself might not do that well uh, on the network. But the... the just... The the clips and everything is just good for their brand and the views. So like for our show, it's it's all about our field pieces, like making those things that can live on their own so strong because you don't really see things in studio go viral. Like you don't see interviews and stuff. Like no interview from Fallon has ever gone crazy on the internet except the one where he and Nicole Kidman – That's the only thing where you're like, oh, my God, I've seen that go crazy on on viral, you know. Right. So you focus so much on making those little two minute videos that can are bite size go, you know, viral. And that's but yeah, there's there's and there's also so much pressure to have like YouTube stars and Vine stars as guests on certain things, Um, which, you know. That's a different kind of famous. Like, uh, I don't know that it. We I've been hesitant to embrace that because um, some of them are good on TV. Like that, some are are more have adapted to TV. Like someone like Grace Helbig, who is YouTube famous, is a can be on TV. But then there's like Vine stars who like. They're funny in six second increments and now they're like making this leap to TV because networks see their millions and millions of followers and they're like, Okay, if they're advertising I'm gonna be on a Comedy Central tonight tune in those people that vine followers are going to watch it's like
1: when they have bieber host snl or something it's like we're going to get a bunch of people who normally wouldn't watch sketch comedy late at night to watch this thing
0: well vine stars can't do tv necessarily like you know it's so it's it's not always that's where i think it's like it if you can be internet famous but that doesn't translate to tv it it always feels but tv does translate to oh right internet
1: Well, it always feels weird when, because like in my industry, in the gaming industry, we're seeing the same thing where it's like internet famous, like, you know, YouTubers and stuff like that is kind of the big thing. And you're seeing less and less traditional websites like us and these big places like IGN and GameSpot and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So like every once in a while, like Colbert uh, will have like, have you heard of PewDiePie? yeah so yeah he's got more youtube subscribers than anyone like anyone yes name the top celebrity you can think of he's got millions and millions more than yeah and when you see someone like that on like colbert it's just it's such a weird mixing of worlds it's like this old media thing that i'm used to and also this new thing that i feel too old for and
0: yeah well he was on colbert
1: he was yeah
0: and how did that go
1: i mean it was okay he was on conan too and it's just it's just kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Like, his demographic is very much younger. It's a lot of, like, yeah. making silly faces and screaming at horror games and stuff like that. And, like, I don't watch that stuff. But, yeah. But, I mean, he's made millions and millions. Like, Colbert was talking about, like, oh, you made $7 million last year playing video games on the Internet. And people <sighs> see that now and they're like, I'm going to do that, too. So, on YouTube, there's just everyone. Like, all you need is some Logitech webcam and a video game console or a PC and you can put all that stuff on the Internet. Mm-hmm. Um, So, it's just a really weird time for our industry, and I'm sure for the TV industry. Yes. It's exciting. It's fun to see where this all goes. But, like, on your side of things, when you talk about the importance of hits and YouTube stuff, Mm -hmm. is it monetized? Like, okay, so. When you do a sketch, like a thing yeah. of you talking to your dad or something,
0: yeah,
1: uh, and then you put that up, is that on the not safe with Nikki Glazer YouTube channel or is that on the Comedy Central one?
0: It's on Comedy Central's. We don't okay. have a YouTube channel, and it's it's hard because we uh, everything first starts out on the Comedy Central player on their ComedyCentral.com, dot com, right? And uh, which is hard because that has different that has a lot more ads, and it's not YouTube is just easier, you right. know, but. Uh, they, it's harder to get clips on there. I think we get one per show. Oh, okay. whereas all, But all of them end up on ComedyCentral.com. Oh, so one
1: per show on YouTube. Do you get to pick which one? Like, yes. Like, this is the best one? Yes, okay.
0: but sometimes we don't know which one is going to be the best one, and huh. so we change it at the last minute and stuff. It's It's very... Difficult to like predict which one is going to move because sometimes we think oh this is going to be the one that's going to go and then suddenly the other one starts getting more views and we're like quick switch them and then that we don't get the views from the Comedy Central like it it just it gets it's really frustrating (laughs) it's you just wish everything could be through YouTube but you know Comedy Central needs those They they need the revenue on their player and And their own um,
1: ads and everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I understand that, but um, it's uh, yeah, those those views fucking count. They really do. And Snapchat is huge. Snapchat is the big one, man.
1: How do companies make money on that? Because that's one thing. Like the video game industry hasn't really gone into Snapchat much.
0: Like they have Snapchat Discover, okay, which is like each like uh, there's different channels have a discover page, which is like they have 10, uh, different slides that they have where they can have content on each slide. And I have my own like, uh, thing called quickie with Nikki, which is like a a couple times a week, once a week, maybe two times a week where I have like a little fun joke or, you know, fun fact or just a little skit thing. Where I'm like, hey, guys, it's Nicky Glazer and blah, 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 Swipe up if you want to see something like this. And then you swipe up and then you watch something. And every time they swipe up, they get money from Snapchat. Comedy Central gets money from Snapchat. Okay. And so we see all that data of like if people are swiping up and if they're sharing that snap with other people. And so Snapchat is very – uh very monetized and very wow. important to comedy central and to every company that's on there. like it is that is really a, and i mean millions and millions and millions of views like it, i get recognized from snapchat more than i do from my tv show or stand serious yeah i mean because kids and they don't even know that i'm a comedian i was in san antonio last week and this girl came up to me and she was like are you nikki glazer and i was like yeah and she was like I see you on Snapchat. And she was like, do you live here? She just thought I was like a Snapchat celebrity. She doesn't know that I did stand up. She didn't know any. Like she just thought I was on Snapchat. So it's like the Snapchat's huge.
1: See, that's the one I don't know about because I don't think the stuff that we do in in gaming, it's, it's more long form stuff. Yeah. So here's an hour or two of us playing a game or a three hour podcast about games. So I don't really know how we turned that into a thing.
0: You can't.
1: I don't think so. It's all
0: ten seconds.
1: Yeah, so like if I was a company that was in charge of any kind of media conglomerate or anything, I think the hard thing is trying to figure out which one of these platforms is going to stick around. Like Facebook seems like it's not going anywhere, and you know there's monetization on there and everything now. YouTube seems pretty entrenched, but stuff like Vine and Snapchat and even Twitter. Like, as companies, I just wonder how long those are going to be around.
0: I think Twitter is, uh, blech. I don't know that Twitter is that, you know, I, I feel like most people aren't on Twitter that, like, like most people aren't on Twitter. Yeah. I think it's like someone compared it to, um, Twitter is like Facebook is like two broke girls and Twitter is like girls like LA and New York is on Twitter or on Twitter and like the 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 rest of the country is on two broke girls like uh, is on facebook fine cbs programming I yes, say. yes yes you know like everyone <laughs> like like the, the 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 you know la and new york do twitter but like everyone else does facebook like huh. do, you know like
1: it's y- i never look at facebook do you never no i just don't. i just do
0: twitter yeah i don't look at facebook at all but everyone else does wow and um and it's not like I'm too good for it. I just, like, my page has gone to shit because I've let too many fans in. Oh, right. And now I'm full of fans.
1: Did you do the public page thing? Because you do the I public But then I did a public thing. page,
0: and now that I don't even do run that because, like, my, my publicist runs it. But, like, now they don't even run it. Now my assistant kind of posts stuff on it. But then <laughs> my personal page has too many fans on it to put personal stuff. So now I'm fucked on both ends. You
1: close down the personal one. You do a, a clean sweep. a new sweep. personal one. You could do that, yeah, and then just cherry pick who you want to actually be yeah, on there. Okay. Or you just do a clean sweep, get rid okay. of them. Um, yeah, I, I did the thing where I didn't allow friend requests from fans, but I allow them to follow so they can see stuff, and you can set like oh public or just friends or whatever. Okay. Like Facebook has filters and stuff, so if you want to do that, like it's possible. God,
0: it's so much work.
1: It's there's so many platforms, and it's. It's a whole thing.
0: Yeah. I'm just, it's, but Snapchat is dope. I love it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It's so fun because there's this thing like you, like I have my own thing. Not only do I do those things for Snapchat, like story, uh, the discover, but like I do stories where I can like, like I'll do one right now.
1: Let's throw it out. Are you just like at, uh, glazy days,
0: follow me on glazy days. So I just, every day you, you just take videos throughout the day, filming yourself and then they disappear the next day.
1: 24 hours later, they dissipate.
0: Uh, yeah, you can save them yourself, and other people oh, okay. can screenshot them, and, and, but gotcha. you'll know if someone screenshotted them. Okay. So right now, hi, guys, I'm filming or taping a podcast with uh, Dan Reichert, and I'm explaining Snapchat. Here he is. Hi, Snapchat. I'm old. I don't understand you. It's already gone. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Let me just listen to it. That's perfect. Sure, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, so then I'm gonna post that, and then 24 hours from now it's gonna disappear. But for now, that's part of my story today. So people, all the people that are following me, can see that that's what I'm doing right now.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: And all day I just write write things, and sometimes I get like I just like talk into it and tell them what I'm doing or what I'm thinking, and it's like, and they can't comment on it. That's the best part. There's no comments. There's no likes. No one can say shit, and that's the best part because I'm so tired of people commenting on everything I do. Well, is the
1: comedy world as you know something that's going on in the gaming industry? Is that there's just there are certain toxic pockets of the community yeah. where it's just they are <laughs> the camera just fell on the studio here, uh, <laughs> where they're just you know vile and, and and very mean towards you know certain people in the industry yeah. in the comedy world and in in Hollywood and TV. Like, is it as toxic or is it just the typical like idiot internet comment? I stuff? mean, it's like, tip.
0: I think it's probably typical. I mean, uh, just being a woman on the internet is right. just awful.
1: Yeah, is that across the board? Like that's not just I the gaming it, industry. That's
0: I think it's 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 awful across yeah. the board. I mean, like, uh, yeah. I mean, you just I don't. I mean, I don't know what it's like to uh, in other places, but it's it's not pleasant. It's just mean, and um, a lot of people are are super nice, but you know they're just you just block them, and but it's it's so hard not to engage sometimes and just be like fuck you and like. <laughs> And just be like, I'm sorry for what your mom did to you, or like, (laughs) just say like, who hurt you? Whatever, you just write stuff back to them. But um, yeah, people are just just trolls, and it's like, what? Why? What are you getting out of this? And like, and uh, you know, a lot of just disgusting things. A lot of of people just saying like, I could jerk off and laugh at the same time at your special, and they think that's a compliment. Like, which it's just like. it, it, it just gross stuff like that constantly where they're just like... A lot of people think because I have a sex show now that they can just say disgusting oh, things to okay. me. Which, they're just idiots. I mean, <laughs> I think they're just being... They're trying to be nice. I think they're, they think that that's joking with me on my level. So they're just ignorant. So
1: they think like, oh, she'd appreciate this kind of humor. Yes, gotcha. because she
0: talks that way. I'm going to talk that way to her. But it's just like, you're a fucking man who does... Like, you're not allowed to talk to women like that, because you're a guy. Go- you're capable of rape, like that's like then You just can't do that. Like th- people are just stupid, and I think that's more of the problem. But then there are some guys who are just like fucking mean. Oh, yeah. and then they like you know they'll compare you to another female comic because they're always going to compare you to another female comic because God forbid they compare you to a male comic but uh, and then they have to tag you with her in it and they'll tag the person like if they insult you they can't just put you like they can't just like say hey blah 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 you're way better than Nikki Glazer and just have – write Nikki Glazer. They have to t- – at Nikki Glazer so, so see I see it. it. It's like just write my name. You know, like I don't need to <laughs> yeah. see it. But like, you know, that shit. It's just it, – people are so cruel.
1: It, it's so weird because the internet can simultaneously be the greatest tool in the world yes. for people that want to make it in some form of entertainment. Like I think both of us have made good use oh of the internet God, to yes. further our careers. But when you do that, when you decide that you want to put yourself out there, you really got to like take the good and the bad with that. It's like, all right, I can promote my stuff, I can promote my show or my book or whatever. But also, you're putting yourself out on this very public public platform. So yeah. if you're not willing to do that, it's like, uh, the internet might not be the place.
0: No, it's it really isn't. And it's just like I have just one guy just uh kept begging to send me money, which is so <laughs> sounds great. Like it sounded great at the time, I was like, oh my God, yes. Uh, because it was, it was a while ago when I wasn't like doing great and I was like, oh my gosh, he just wants to pay me money and he doesn't expect anything. It was on Facebook and he was like, and my boyfriend was like, I don't think this is good. And I'm like, he doesn't want anything. I, I made it clear. I was like, you get nothing for this. Like, I won't give you tickets to shows. I won't hang out with yeah. you. I won't ever do any. No like, pen
1: pal situation. Yeah. No. You don't
0: like, make sure that you understand there is no exchange for this. Like, you just want to give me money. You just want to donate to me as a comedian. He's like, substantial yes. money.
1: Did he get $300 a, a month? Okay. Yeah.
0: I was like, all right. What's it,
1: cable utilities. All and that my stuff.
0: boyfriend was like, don't do this. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It is like weird. So then I was like, you can donate to a charity in my name. And of course the guy didn't want to do that. Of course not. But the guy would not stop asking me to do it. And then I realized that there is a, uh, there's a fetish uh, called like financial domination. Yes, I
1: just read an article about this. Actually, it's so we're like it, it's not even sexual in nature. To, it's I, just, I think it's, it's a just kind of like submissive thing or whatever. Where it's like oh, I just feel like oh, my power comes in my money, and by giving that up, I'm, I'm submitting I mean I'm sure they jerk
0: off to the thought of it. I there's something any sexual any fetish about it. involves. Yeah, jerking so there's off, right? it is sexual.
1: I guess for jerking off it's inherently sexual, yeah, right? Yeah, so
0: they're like, "Oh, she's those shoes or I bought those shoes." At what
1: point do you do Is it when you send the PayPal? Like when you hit the send? Is that when you start jerking I off? I think it's like
0: it... when you see on TV I like have the earrings or oh, something say, I bought like that, maybe, but, okay. I don't know. I'd have to, I think it's something we're going to like uh, cover on our sh- my show because it's like because I just couldn't understand why would this guy want to send me money and why does he keep bothering me every time I send say no he's like hey can I please send you money I'm like what the fuck and this guy doesn't seem like he has a lot of money I look at his Facebook and I'm like he looks like he just lives he's a nice guy who lives in Indiana he's not like a creepo you know like but he's just into this and you know I just want to support his fetish and uh, <laughs> why can't I why won't my boyfriend let me. <laughs>
1: Um, you know, with the nature of your show, it seems like you have to go in some rabbit holes. Like, I watched when you, uh, before your show actually went on the air, yeah. you did a periscope where you tweeted out, like, hey, everyone, send oh me your God. favorite porn. And yes. I was like, oh, okay, because you said you are going to periscope your reaction to yes. it. And I was like, all right, I got to see what the hell people send And it was just yes. your face. You weren't showing the porn. But the stuff you were describing, oh, like, uh, so the, the, bee, the bee thing was oh, particularly... that was
0: terrible. I... Someone put a bee on a girl's clit. They, like, <laughs> took a bee... A live bee and had tweezers and like put the bee on a girl's clit and it stung the girl's clit. That bee died that day. Oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's how that works, isn't it? That's what's happening to our bee population. Oh oh, wow.
1: Was the girl enjoying it or was this supposed to be uh... I think she like
0: wanted the pain. I don't think it was like against her will. That would be some fucked up shit. Like I think she was like in on it. Another one, oh my god, I did it another time and this girl had her asshole like (laughs) there were people all around her supporting her. Her asshole was like open like like uh, you know you've seen it gaping right
1: well you're just assuming i've seen it come
0: on we've all seen gapers (laughs) and so just so gaping they and there was a guy and there was a girl like supporting her just like honey you're good and they they put luck they put uh fruit loops in it and then poured milk, and then they started eating what Fruit Loops out of her asshole.
1: So was this supposed to be good for the people eating the Fruit Loops, or was this supposed to be good for the girl, or both? Are I they think into they were cereal? Just trying or to be weird, stuff?
0: and then they started. She started laughing, and it started like bubbling out. <laughs> it was so weird.
1: <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, that's with the nature of your show. I, it seems like you know we were talking about if you're going to go on the internet, you got to be willing to put yourself out there yeah. when you're going to do a show that has a, a pretty heavy sexual overtones to it. You're going down these rabbit holes. I
0: really am. I've seen, I mean, that was so funny. And then another one was uh, a guy had a mousetrap. And I mean, this isn't even porn at this point. Like, I was like, send me your weirdest porn. It's not a porn if a guy puts his dick in a mousetrap and the mousetrap has a pin on it. What? A little push pin on it. (sighs) That's not porn. That's just torture. His dick bleeding everywhere. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was awful. It was awful. I'm sorry I even put that. I, I, I know everyone's cringing right now. I'm sorry.
1: But I mean, I think I it has to, to be it. sexual. Like, which I'm fine with people having whatever weird fetish they want, as long as they're yeah. not hurting anyone. Everything's consen- totally. consensual. Yeah. Fucking do whatever you want. But yeah. I have the right to look at it and be like, well, Why are you into that? Like, yes. why is this sexual in nature yes. in any way?
0: Uh... <sighs> when was, what was the first porn you saw?
1: Oh boy! Um, Do you
0: remember what was the first like thing that would made you go like, "Oh my god!"
1: I remember. Uh, so sorry, mom, for telling the story. Um, Does your
0: mom, listen to the podcast.
1: Yeah, she, she'll definitely oh, listen cute. to this. Oh yeah, she listens to this stuff. Yeah, Hi. she's a fan. My sisters are a big fan of you as Aww. well. Like, yeah, Hello. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they still love the fact that you told them that they were like the Kardashians.
0: Oh my god! They yes. like that a lot. I remember that. <laughs> They so like them. <laughs> Are you at Coachella this weekend? <laughs>
1: <laughs> my sisters. Uh, the first porn I saw, man, the, I would say, uh, does print count? Yeah. Okay. Um, then my mom had a subscription to Adam and Eve, which I don't know if that's still a thing, but it was like a catalog. Oh, yeah. It would send out monthly and we Do had sex toys to and stuff in it.
0: Do you not listen to podcasts? Because is like the advertiser on every podcast. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Okay, no, I don't really listen to podcasts at all, actually. I listen to wrestling podcasts. Okay. Well,
0: AdamAndEve.com is like the, the commercial for every podcast. Okay. Yes.
1: Well, I remember I found that when, okay, so I was about 12. I just started whacking off. And, uh, you know, just desperately trying to just see images of boobs any way I could. Yes. And I remember my parents were out of town at one point, or my mom and my stepdad were, and I was checking the mail for them. And they got this catalog, and I was like, oh mm. my god, they're gone for days. I can just take my time and look at this and do what, you know, what have you with oh, it. And awesome. uh, I remember flipping through, and like, the number, like, you didn't, you, I didn't talk to like guy friends about jerking off. Because yeah. I was like 12. Yeah. And I, so I didn't know what the terms were. I was afraid to Google anything, because I thought my parents understood computers and could see what I was looking. At, yeah. so I just didn't know anything and one of the lines was like orgy line call one eight 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 whatever sixty nine orgy it's like orgy that must be the thing that's happening when it feels really good when I'm whacking off at the end
0: yeah so that's why I thought orgasm
1: it, it was several letters yeah
0: yeah that's really close yep uh,
1: but but the first point that I could actually access regularly was my friend Ryan had a hustler and I would go over to his place and I was so afraid of getting caught with porn, but I wanted to see it so bad. So I was trying to yeah. find a good way to do this because I couldn't have it in the house. Um, so I had a Game Boy camera, which was a <laughs> uh, piece of shit technology. I don't remember that, the yeah, Game Boy it was, camera. It had a little like, eyeball thing on top yes. and super pixelated like I beige mean, black and black and images. White, awful! It looks terrible. Yeah, but I was like, okay. That is one safe thing. Like, Ryan would let me tear out a page if I wanted to and keep it in my closet or fold it up and hide it somewhere. But there's always the risk that I'm at school and my mom finds it or whatever. Oh, my God. But she'd have no idea how to go into the photos on my Game Boy camera. So I, like, archived as many photos of boobs as I could on the Game Boy camera. That's
0: hilarious. so
1: I'm just sitting there with my green Game Boy pocket and the Game Boy color whacking off to these, like, pixelated things at 12. That's so
0: funny. (laughs) It's so stupid. I love that story. That's the shittiest. Those are the shittiest images ever. Yeah,
1: it's appropriate giving my career path and everything that I'm whacking off to a Game Boy.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. You were so scared to just even find a little picture that you couldn't.
1: I just, I I remember I I did take out a page one time, and I I folded it up, and I hid it in the liner notes of my cassette tape of Aerosmith's Get a Grip cassette. (laughs) And I had it there for, like, a day, and I remember just, like, being at school and being like, oh, my God, she's probably looking at it right now, and I went home, and I think I took it, and I tore it up and burnt it. I might have, like, buried it or something. I was so fucking nervous. Oh I might have thrown it in, like, a dumpster Dan. behind Target or What's something. What's
0: like to live in your brain?
1: Oh, it's It's something. It's, God,
0: that <laughs> which, must have been hell.
1: And now you know. I think you've met my mom. She she went to one of the old Stanford shows. But you've yes, met my dad. Definitely, yes, you're more familiar yes. with my dad. And you know how open I am with both my parents totally. about sexual stuff. And isn't like, it so
0: funny to look back and be like, what was I worried about?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just I did not want to acknowledge. Yeah. Anything. Oh my God,
0: it's it's hell to think about. It's so funny how scared you are about. Because I remember watching porn and stuff, and like if my parents found out, I was like, I'm gonna die. I'll kill myself. <laughs> I remember thinking that like I remember watching porn and uh, I told my friends that I watched porn all weekend because my parents had – my dad worked for uh, Charter Communications, the cable company. And so we had free pay-per-view and my parents like they just – they didn't have a password but it was password protected but they just didn't have one. So I like just typed in whatever and it just showed up. I was like, oh, I figured out the password but there was no password. I just put in whatever and I watched porn like all weekend and they were gone this one weekend. And, it, you know, it wasn't like doing anything to it because I didn't even know how to masturbate. Yeah. But I was just like watching it. And obviously I felt things. And um, I told my friend that I watched it. And then she told the most popular girl in school. <laughs> and I was horrified because it's so embarrassing.
1: What age Th- is this? 12, 13? Eighth grade. Okay.
0: Eighth grade. But I was so embarrassed because I just thought I was like disgusting. You know, like I told her that in confidence and I was like. Uh, you know, I felt like a pervert, like no, no other girls do this. Like I'm a weirdo. And I remember being like, I'm going to kill myself. Like, <laughs> I remember being like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump off this balcony. I remember I was on a Girl Scout trip and I was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and like, that's so insane now because then you realize like, like who, everyone does it, but no one fucking talks about it. That's and the that, thing. That's, the th- that's the thing that I'm so angry about and that I want on my show to like cover is like, people you should be masturbating like as soon as you want to it's really fun and encouraged to yeah. do it because that way you don't you don't have to go and blow guys in sixth grade and stuff like that like <laughs> girls don't feel the pressure to do that and guys won't you know like I feel like the fact that everyone's so ashamed of everything and we don't talk about stuff like that like yeah there was this really interesting article I read about how um a lot of times parents don't give like names to girls vaginas they just say like oh it's your ninny or your like they'll just call it something else or they won't even call it anything like we, my parents never called my vagina anything like <laughs> they just they just say like down there or whatever <laughs> and just so they, general
1: cardinal direction
0: yes and they say they and the whole thing is like if you don't call it anything they feel like you won't like discover it or you won't even realize like what to do with it So like, like if you don't, if you don't call it anything, you won't learn how to pleasure yourself. And so like, you won't, and it's like, it's so fucked up because that's true. Like I didn't know what the fuck to do. And I was so scared of everything. And that's why I was, I was so scared of sex. And that's why I'm so, I think that's why I'm so fascinated by it now is because I was so nervous about it. You were a virgin until forever too. Yeah. Yeah. 21. Yeah. Yeah. We were both virgins when we met. Yeah. Mm Yeah. And then you do it and you're like, what was I so scared of?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because it's all, but it was all like shame and being nervous that you're going to be bad at it and all that shit.
1: I don't know. I I don't know if it was the same with you. For me, I had a certain bitterness uh, that I had spent three years in college and never got laid, and all my friends were and everything. And as I got more bitter, I think that's
0: more of a male thing, but yes. Yeah. And
1: and it it makes it more of a turnoff for women, too, because it's just like this desperation or whatever just kind of reeks off you or whatever. Oh,
0: totally. I bet it's hell.
1: Yeah. 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 And then, yeah, once you. Thanks to you, when I like, we covered on the last one how I yeah. lost my virginity directly because of you. It's setting me up with your friend one night. Uh, thank you again, forever for that. I don't know my, sure. my life would be possibly very different if it were not for that. Yeah, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, once that happens and, and that went totally fine and everything, and then the, the bitterness and, and that weight was off my shoulders, and I realized like, why did I spend years getting so mad that this wasn't happening to me? Like, it's great. No.
0: I know it's it is there's so much build up, and then it's just so easy and not like that's the thing I'm like whenever people are like uh, give advice to girls I'm like just get it over with just do it like don't like give it away or anything don't but don't hold that for someone special like all that bullshit because it's like you're just gonna get to the point where it's so you've waited so long that you're gon- going to be like okay it has to be someone special or yeah. I'm going to be so bad at it now. I'm, I'm like a virgin. I'm ashamed that I'm a virgin. Like, so just do it. Just yeah. like, don't say like, who cares? Just get it done. Yeah,
1: With someone that makes sense. I mean, it doesn't with have to be love of your se- life, yeah, but also no. not some guy in an alley, you know, Yeah, exactly. Some skis at a bar while and you're And the same with dudes.
0: Like if you're a virgin out there and like, I always say to guys, like if you're an older virgin, like say you're in your thirties or late twenties mm-hmm. and like, you're just like, fuck, just pay for it. And I know a lot of guys are like, I don't want to pay the first time. I'll, I will just want to lose oh, my yeah. virginity the first time in a natural way. Then I'll start paying for it. But just... Just pay for it because I think that once you pay for it and you have it, then you'll have the confidence to go out and get it without paying for it.
1: Once that monkey's off your back, and just
0: pay for it. I would say just don't
1: put too much weight on it. Like we, we've taken questions on the show before, uh, you know, from virgins that put a lot of weight on it.
0: Yeah. And as someone
1: who was there and did it, and even after I lost my virginity, I felt like I had to make up for lost time, and it's like oh, I just got to have as much sex as possible, like all through college. It's not really that rewarding it's not like when you're doing the like i did the one night stand thing for a long yeah. time i did the bars and you know just all that shit all through lawrence yeah. and stuff and it's like now that you know i'm in a committed relationship with someone uh, you know that I, I love madly and like we you get to know each other and everything in yeah. bed is better it's like man you look back at like the one night stand stuff i don't know if you ever Mad went through that but pussy <laughs>
0: is not that great no
1: no it's something that fucking like 17 year olds brag about but it's, it's dumb back then even like,
0: yeah having yeah like being in bed with someone and like like having fun and talks and and, like, stuff like that is, like, pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, I just think just, uh, and if you're worried about, like, paying for sex and, like, having your partner that you end up with judge you, just, like, never tell her. No. Seriously, she doesn't need to know.
1: Yeah, I know some people have, like, you know, like, guilt issues with that. Like, I feel like...
0: No, hold your own counsel. Okay. You're your own person. You don't, they don't need to know everything. Come on. All right.
1: Well, with uh, with that advice, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, maybe we'll go into uh, – we have a few questions here. Sweet, yes. um, So it's mostly kind of comedy-focused and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but i got a handful here. Um, okay. I am currently performing open mics and long-form improv shows here in San Diego. My dream is to make a living doing this. My plan right now is to move to Chicago to build my chops because that seems to be the biggest comedy city outside of L.A. and New York. Uh, least cost of living and performer saturation. How does this plan sound? Also, if my goal is to support myself, would that be more feasible with stand-up or improv or should I just focus on what I'm better at or enjoy more?
0: Ooh boy, I like yeah, that. I wouldn't do both. I would just pick one because I don't know, man. I would actually, I would pick one because
1: is there money in improv?
0: I I don't know. You know, like. Uh, It's it's helpful because I think there's money in sketch because you you know it leads to being a good actor and you know
1: and and if he's going to Chicago I mean if he happens to make it to like second city or whatever exactly having that on your resume like
0: awesome stuff and you become uh, uh, but I don't there's I wouldn't improv I don't know I I'm biased obviously Um, if you're I would say whichever one you're better at and enjoy more obviously you should pursue. Uh, if those are two different things then I would say the one you're better at or you know obvious. I, that's just me I would but hopefully they're both the same thing and I definitely think uh Chicago is a great uh idea. I think it's Chicago or Denver. If you're going to do stand up Denver is great. Uh Chicago is also a great option. Uh, Chicago's great. And then um if you stick with stand up uh definitely go to New York first. Don't go to LA. From Chicago, go to New York. New York, New York, New York. Do not. You will end up in LA eventually. If this is what you're meant to do, don't go to LA next. Go to New York.
1: Well, how do you feel about uh, so the difference between improv and and stand up? Like almost everything you've done, uh, you've been yourself. You know, it's been your stand up special, not safe. Nikki and Sarah. You know, stand up Mm -hmm. in general. Uh, on occasion you've done stuff like you were in a train wreck mm-hmm. uh, so on occasion you're playing a character playing a role do you find that you know your skills with stand up and comedy does that translate over pretty easily
0: yeah like i realized i'm not going to be like a, a i'm not going to get stuff by auditioning like i'm not a great actress i just don't care about i'm i'm okay i'm decent but like i don't care about acting enough to be really good at it right like i care about stand up enough to be really good at it but i don't have that um uh, I just don't have that for for stand-up so I um the only thing the art for acting the only thing that I will get cast in are things that my friends make or things that oh, are okay. people are like we need a Nikki Glaser type or like we like Nikki Glaser for this role like that's it and that's like a lot of people who work in Hollywood are get work, work that way so it's that's like- gonna be me
1: it's like Adam Sandler's got all his friends that only work in Adam Sandler movies, yes, you know. Something yes, like
0: that. I, that's gonna be me. Like I, I feel like to <laughs> so Schumer be is like your a, Sandler. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna be like a David Spade type.
1: Okay, like right. I'll, I'll. He's done good for himself.
0: Totally. Like I'm. I'm a very capable actress, but I'm not. I hate auditioning. I don't want to audition. I just want people to like be like, oh, Nikki would be good for this part because that's. That's where I'll... Then I'll work hard on the part. But I'm not going to work hard on parts that I don't have yet. I just can't do it. And auditions are just awful.
1: Have you done many of those?
0: Yes. And yeah. I suck at them. <laughs> One time after an audition, a woman was like, all right, great. I totally see what you were trying to do here. <laughs> she like couldn't what even a fake a compliment. It was awful. So yeah, I'm really bad at auditioning. I've like never gotten a callback.
1: So when you you know envision your career, you're... 31, right? Yeah. So you've got long ways to go here.
0: Like another five years. Okay. Before I'm <laughs> too burnt old. Out yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, what, What? Uh, you know, when, at that house party, your goal was, I'm going to be on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. You've done that and more. Like, you know, do you have BET. goals? In mo- BET. BET? <laughs> all right. right. Like owning the company or, or having uh, your own show? Just, like,
0: just appearing, appearing on... Your
1: face on BET. Anything,
0: yes. Okay, all um, right. Uh, long-term goal? Uh, I want to... Uh, Uh, host I think a late night talk show oh wow yeah like if that kind of things keeps going that's the goal I think that would be a nice uh thing for me I like hosting a show I would like to not um I like I would like like a job uh security I don't know if that like I just like would like the idea of doing something five nights a week and just knowing that's my job and like coming into work doing it like having a great big staff and Just, uh, having like a machine that you do in and out every day and, uh, just having a life where I could like live in one city and, you know, do stuff on the weekends if I wanted to. But yeah, I just, I, I see that for myself and getting to be myself.
1: Do you think that grind, like having to come up, like you're talking about a five night a week, you know, Cohen and Letterman type Mm -hmm. thing. Do you think to be able to do that grind? Obviously there's a team of writers and everything, Mm -hmm. but like every day you got to be on, you got to be making those jokes. Like that deadline, like do you thrive on that pressure?
0: It's not bad. Like it's you have such a team of people yeah. supporting you and it's uh yeah, I I love it. I think my favorite days of the week mainly are days where we have to tape a show. Like everyone's huh. always like it's a show day. Like Nikki needs to go to home early tomorrow's a show day and I'm like show days are easy. Hmm. It's like I like performing. That's like that's the easiest part for me and I'm not trying to be like it's just like, I'm meant to do this. I was born to perform. But it's just like, that's just where I find that I, as, as long as the prompter has the jokes in it and I've approved, all the hard stuff is just approving jokes and, like, writing jokes and going over stuff. But if I've got a staff that I feel like, you know, they get my voice and, um you know, once you get the right team moving and, like, the show knows your voice and the sh- the show is what you want it to be, then you're like, it's set. And then you can hmm. just keep going. And, like, it would be great. I I just uh, I just see that for myself. It would be really – it would be it would be fun.
1: It seems like a lot of the struggle of working on a show like that. Like, I read all the books about, you know, uh, making us now, like Live from New York and Jay yeah. Moore's book and all mm-hmm. this stuff. It seems like a lot of that stress comes from – Pitching stuff, and you know, yeah. your idea is not getting, you know, like dealing with the network and dealing with you know, producers not wanting to go with the sketch idea or yes. something like that. But yeah, that show day thing, it's like once that's locked in, or you know, you've got that, yeah, you've got that sketch approved or whatever.
0: I think I would be as a host. I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, it would be, it would be fucking hard. It's a fucking grind because I, I know, I hear people talk about it all the time, like Kimmel is you know, he's made for that kind of work where it's just like every single day. And I can't, I don't know what that would be like, but I, I, I aspire to, uh, be able to do that and, and wake up every morning and do that job. And I, I, I like that kind of, I like the idea of just ha- having some the same thing every day and, but like slightly different and getting to interview celebrities and, yeah. and just, uh, and tell like monologue jokes and stuff like that. Like I just, uh, There's something about it. I I enjoy the show that I'm doing now and I'd like to do it every day.
1: I I was just reminded talking about writing late night that back in college we were talking about this and you were asking something about, like, oh, uh, you know, do you have any advice on like how to reach out or get a hold of someone in Hollywood or something? Because I think at this point I was doing the like video production stuff and I was like making stuff with George Clinton and getting like celebrity cameos and stuff. Uh And you were like, how how do you reach out to these people? And I told you about, uh, because we were both Conan fans. Yeah. And, uh, I looked in the credits of Conan during one show, uh-huh. and probably this was probably like ninety eight, ninety nine, and I saw Andy Blitz, who was the guy. Oh who, yeah, uh, he does the like he did the long chanting guy in the crowd. Yes. Like, uh
0: great job! You're really yep. good. Keep yes. going! I love and, Andy, and I
1: thought he was hilarious. Yes, and I figured like, well, these guys aren't famous enough to like be unlisted in the phone book. This is the late nineties phone book still existed oh or whatever. Oh my god! And so I would look up comedy writers because at this point you know in high school and stuff i didn't know if i wanted to go into comedy writing or games Mm. writing or whatever and so i was calling writers and just asking (laughs) for advice and i just straight up called andy blitz at home like his name was in the phone book and for like an hour it seemed like he was like high as hell just like strumming a guitar but he was talking to me giving me advice i called madeline smithberg the co-creator of the daily show during dinner and she's like oh can i call you back afterwards and i talked to her for a long time and i remember telling you this i was like just Call people. Just look up like whatever show you admire, whatever comedian you admire. Find some way, you know, look at some credits. Call someone. Just sound professional oh God. and and, very nice. and you thought I was fucking insane. For that was that. crazy. You were it like, is I a crazy.
0: Never. And I could not. I'm not the type of person that would ever do that. But I love that you are, and I know people like you who do that and have done that and are succeeding because of that. But I'm not that type of person. I've just always
1: figured that, like, okay, if you take a long shot, like. The odds if of someone this called
0: thing. me, I would totally. Yeah, people have taken chances and written me and asked for things that are like they shouldn't ask for, and I'm like, What the fuck? I'll, <laughs> I'll do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, and you appreciate that when someone, you yeah. know. And you remember that. Yes, you remember it and you appreciate it. And you're like, you know what? That's brazen. And, yeah. and sometimes you're like, no, fuck you. But then other times you're like, yeah, I will do that. You know, like, that's very tenacious. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to make it, you little guy.
1: <laughs> but, but like worst case scenario, what happens? They're like, fuck you. And they hang up. Okay, some weird guy called me. I'll forget about this in 15 minutes yeah. and your life See, not... See, I
0: wouldn't. I'm very... I hate rejections. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I
1: guess I've just never given a shit about that. See, so it's like See, you
0: have anxiety about <laughs> the wrong things. It, yeah. That's See, we have that- that's we have difference. That's the, yeah. that's our big difference.
1: I for some re- yeah, standing in front of a crowd for some reason gives me a panic attack. But I can do. But all this I, other dumb yeah,
0: shit. that's way scarier to me. Like working in a call center, I'm <laughs> terrified to talk to people on the phone. But you are go- you are terrified in the crowd. Yeah, one on one. Ooh, no.
1: Now I get I don't get scared if it's a camera on me or anything like that because I just feel like that there's that disconnect where it's yeah. not a real thing. But like you know we're recording this a week before I go to Boston. and I'm gonna right. have to be in front of thousands of people. I'm doing a wrestling thing out there. I'm doing a panel in front of thousands of people. Like, and the idea that scares the shit out of me, and I and I don't know why. Like I, I I'm big on the like oh what's the worst case scenario yeah. line of thought. And the worst-case scenario is not that bad. It's like I'm not hiding my anxiety. I wrote a fucking book about it. It's like if I had a panic attack, a catastrophic panic attack on stage and ran off the stage and had to leave the panel halfway through, anyone there or anyone watching on the internet would know, like, oh, yeah, Dan struggles with that stuff. He has anxiety. I hope he feels better. Like, there were, I wouldn't get fired. I, there's no worst case scenario. Nothing. But my dumb brain and body or whatever, it just, it sees that crowd and it's just like, oh, all right, time to freak out and fight or flight and all that shit. Yes. Do you get that at all? Like, you are, your career is blowing up in an insane way right now. You just had the special, you do this show. Do you get butterflies or have you been doing this for so long and so consistently that it doesn't matter? I
0: really don't anymore. I wow. really don't. And, and sometimes you have one of those uh, moments on stage where you're like, all these people, are looking at me and waiting for my next word and hanging on my every sentence. And it's so weird. And it's like, why me? Like there are like doctors in this audience. And if they talk, they'll get in trouble because I'm up here talking about my pussy. Like (laughs) that's so stupid, you know, like, um, but I, uh, no, I just, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't care I don't know, but then, uh, but if you told me to try to sell something to someone over the phone right now, I if you had
1: to do the ask ladder at uh, KU Endowment I, Association, again. I
0: wouldn't be able to do it. I would be horrified. Or if I had to cold call someone about oh, yeah. anything about Bernie Sanders, I, I would not be able to go knock on someone's door and like you know any anything like that. Wouldn't be able to do it. But like, yes, I uh, I think you're gonna be just fine.
1: Well, I envy your confidence with that stuff. Cause... I really do
0: think you're going to be good. I think that you need to uh, yeah, keep doing this worst case scenario stuff. What, yeah. what is what is your feeling going to be when you see all those people? Like, what, where does the anxiety come from exactly? It, it,
1: it's There's no logic to it whatsoever. It's uh-huh. strictly just some monkey brain thing going on. Okay, yeah. You, it comes flight. out of
0: nowhere. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I don't. I don't give a shit what people think about me. I don't, yeah. you know, if I did, I wouldn't tell all these embarrassing stories about things no, I don't I know, know, I know. I'm, I'm just, fine with people thinking I'm dumb So it just comes from,
0: like, you can't even trace what it comes from. It's
1: some just deep, b- mental, primitive thing that just goes Yeah, haywire. so maybe
0: you won't be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I think I will. Here, here's my whole thing, is that I will be fine with myself if I never say no to something because I'm nervous about it. You know, I never say no. I won't be on that panel. That's great. No, I won't be on that show. No, I won't go skydiving. No, I won't do yeah. this thing that I want to do because I'm nervous. I won't go on this trip because I'm afraid of the flight or whatever. Yeah. And I still have never done that. I've never backed out. I've That's had great. to leave. Like I had to leave a podcast uh, maybe about a year ago or whatever because I had a panic attack halfway yeah. through. Um, but again, worst case scenario, who gives a shit? You know, like That's no, no great. one else really remembers or cares about that. I beat myself up for it, but
0: you know, do you? Would you take a Xanax or something? See,
1: I I have a prescription for Xanax, and I have since Ku um I I'm really dumb about that I'm trying to get better about it um I worry I watched too much intervention on a back in college and I'm like oh it's really addictive and people dude it I, is not I know and I've had doctors tell me like every doctor that prescribes this to me and I, I say this shit and they're like you do not fit the profile of an addict addicts do not care about getting addicted they just want the high or the feeling or whatever take the fucking thing I prescribed for you and when I do take it it super works. Like, it completely works.
0: Dan, fucking take it. For I've got this it in my pocket thing. right
1: now. Oh for, uh, oh, for the stuff in Boston?
0: Take one before you go on stage. I usually
1: get a couple beers. And, like, on stage, I can have a couple beers or whatever. I usually do that. That does the trick, too. Um,
0: take a Xanax. Don't take beers. Really? Yeah, because I feel like b- if beers worked, doctors would just prescribe beers. I mean, beer,
1: <laughs> they can't do that. My doctor actually told me before flights that I should take a Xanax and drink like three beers. My doctor said that.
0: Why don't you do that then?
1: I did try that once, but that scares me because I know. I I mean, I would, I would,
0: I would definitely take a Xanax. Uh, I think okay. that would be a great thing for you to do.
1: He, here's what I hate. So uh, speaking of Conan and our love for that, the first time I saw him live, like it was kind of like a lifelong dream of mine to see him live. And I went after E3 one year and it coincided with uh, his him taking over The Tonight Show. Yeah. And so it was his third Tonight Show. And I was so excited just yeah. as a Conan fan that he was taking over The Tonight Show. And yeah. that's been going great. Um, but <laughs> like to see him live, I was yeah. so nervous and excited that when the music started, when Weinberg and the band started playing, I started having panic I, I have- started having <gasps> one. and But here's the thing. That killed me is right beforehand, um God, I can't remember who the warm up comic was. Um, but he was like, Hey, once the music starts Jimmy Pardo. It it was, it was Pardo, yeah. He's like, You can't leave. You can't leave once the music starts. And that's 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 a nightmare for anxiety people. And so I was like, Well, I've got this thing, you know, I've got this fire extinguisher in my pocket, this thing Xanax or whatever. Uh and so I took one, but I it knocked me out so much that oh, like I was dangerous. falling asleep. So like I look take back, a and, take a half,
0: take a half. I've
1: I've been doing that. Take a half. Yeah, yes. I do that because like I look back. I always take half, and it's like I look at the cast and like Bradley Cooper was on that episode, I think, and I vaguely remember that. And then uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, and I was like, I kind of remember her being on. And then like the third guest, I was like, I don't remember. I have no recollection of that. It and was so, me. Like, this lifelong Oh. It was <laughs> this lifelong dream of seeing conan live and it's like i don't really remember it that well so i really try to fight it maybe
0: you shouldn't take one if you have to be like on thing yeah Yeah, so just beers maybe (laughs) or maybe like a fourth of it (laughs) a fourth of a beer okay (laughs) just
1: you're gonna be my new doctor Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah i think i'm yeah okay oh god
1: we should probably answer another question here real quick oh yeah um how are you doing on time are you okay uh we, we can wrap pretty soon after a couple yeah, questions yeah you want? pretty soon all right let's try to get another couple in here real quick um okay i'll, I'll make this one short um so in the past couple years this is uh tristan from vancouver who says uh, your snap get game is strong thank you and uh he says in the past couple years i've fallen deep into the alt comedy hole mr show comedy bang bang says it's been great and opened my eyes to tons of non-traditional types of comedy the problem is i found myself unintentionally looking down on the movies and stand up on our non-alt comedy fans Uh, I try to be supportive, but I can't help but feel like an asshole when I have to fake laugh at something my friend shows me. The same token, it's hard to show them the things that I'm into because it's too out there for them. Either way, it ends up annoying the other person to the point where we don't bother sharing the things we're into for fear of having it unintentionally crapped on. Is there any way to reconcile our differences, or am I doomed to watch Kids in the Hall reruns by myself for the rest of my days?
0: Uh, Stop being a snob. (laughs) Yeah? You know, like... I don't know. I I don't, I've never watched kids in the hall, so I don't know. Um, And I know I'm missing out and uh, no, I get it. Like I, there are certain things that are like, I show my friends and you know, I have high school friends who like, don't get, I mean, I'm friends with like the funniest people in the world or some of the funniest people in the world. And then I have friends who aren't comedians and, and I used to be one of those people that are like, they don't get it. And now I'm like, Yes, they do. Like people who aren't comedians or people who aren't the, who I call the funniest people in the world can get it. So just have faith that your friends are funny because they're your friends. Or just, uh, just give them a break. You know, like they're just, they're just stupid. Or, or they're, or they're, not, or. Or don't. get Or get rid of them, you know? Like, if, you've, if you're if you so, like, disgusted with their sense of humor, like, I can't be friends with people who have, like, a terrible sense of humor, you know?
1: I, I feel like there's a certain amount of that you can grow out of. Like, I used to kind of be a snob about, like, oh, why isn't my mom liking these Kubrick movies when I was 16? It's like, you know what? Let her watch her romantic comedies and stuff. She likes that. You know, someone's not dumb for liking music that you don't like or whatever, like... I'd like to think most people grow out of that, but yeah, like be more accepting of people's things, even if it's below your standards or whatever. I know. It's like, so
0: hard. It's so hard to not be a snob about it. But I uh, – yeah, I would just not show them your things because yeah. it's so disappointing when they don't get it and you just resent them. I yeah. would just keep those things to yourself and especially don't show – I had a my first date with my boyfriend. He showed me the British Office because he was like, "It's my favorite thing in the world," and I had never seen it. And of course, I know that it's so many people's favorite things in the world. Um, but I was so nervous to uh, to be there with him because I liked him so much that I wasn't even watching it. And I was sitting next to him, and I was like, "Is he going to kiss me and stuff?" So I wasn't even laughing at the parts where I should have because I was I wasn't listening. And so he was so disappointed in me. And, like, it just created this awful thing where he thought I didn't know what was funny, and I was just so nervous. So, like, don't ever put that pressure on another girl that you're dating or something, or a guy. I don't know what you do. Um, So, yeah, just don't... I would say just... Just i don't know either give up on your friends or like <laughs> stop showing them things because it is so depressing i know what you mean
1: and i would say don't be uh, on either side of this equation don't be disingenuous don't laugh at something that if, if you're on a date don't feel like oh i need to laugh at this otherwise they're not going to like me like that's not helping anyone oh yeah I, i've had that frustration too where it's like i've been on dates where it's like okay well louis ck that should be his material stuff that anyone can appreciate it's not this heady stuff it's kind of this every man approach and everything like anyone should get it and I'll just play like a whole brilliant Louis stand-up special or something, and they won't laugh at all. And how do you not? Why don't you find this funny? But at a certain point, people have different tastes and different senses of humor. It's yeah, not always that they're dumber necessarily. Sometimes it's just yeah, I don't know. I, I I've tried to grow out of that. Like I mean, super and judgy sometimes it's a
0: huge deal breaker.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's an overall sense of humor thing. Oh and it's yeah, like, that's it, like.
0: Yeah, it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, if someone couldn't make me laugh, I couldn't date them, you know. Like mm-hmm. that's a huge fucking thing. So
0: I'm trying to think of a friend that had like a bad sense of humor or like <laughs> liked something and I go, "Uh-oh, no, we can't be friends." <laughs> like someone found some comedian funny and I was just like, "You you can't be on my staff."
1: Who's on the the black list of uh comedians you can't find funny? I would never say on this podcast.
0: There was some uh there's some comedian that my my uh, brother or my boyfriend's brother who's on my staff watched and he was like, I thought it was funny. And I was like, you're fired. Like you are literally. <laughs> can you fire people?
1: Like it's your show. Can you directly fire people?
0: I, I can. And you I can? have. Yes. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Is that tough? It's awful. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the worst part of the job. Jesus. It's, it really is. It's awful. It's terrible. Wow. But you have to do it because unless it's you're a your pussy. show. Yeah. Yeah. Your you can right have other people do it, but that's not nice. Well, speaking the of LA your show, way, but yeah.
1: let's let's plug everything here. We got uh, not plug safe with Nikki Glaser, uh, yeah. Comedy Central. It's coming um, back
0: June seventh with more episodes, ten more episodes starting June seventh.
1: Got uh, perfect.
0: Perfect is the special. It is on ComedyCentral.com. It's on the app, Comedy Central app. Uh, it's you can also buy it on Amazon for like ten bucks, I think, and then. Uh, I have a podcast called The Not Safe Podcast, uh, which will be running now through forever. And it's really <laughs> great. You should check it out. And um, I think that's it. And follow me on or... Snapchat. Glazy Days. <laughs> Glazy Days. G-L-A-Z-E-Y. Days. Spelled like days. And then uh, Nikki at Nikki Laser on Instagram and uh, Twitter. You get it. Cool. That's it.
1: Nikki, thank My you so much. My phone number
0: is 314. <laughs> no.
1: If you want to send money, the PayPal address yeah. is yeah. <sighs> uh, Thanks so much for coming by. Oh, uh, thanks, it's always good Dan. to catch up with you. I'll be going it's to your show so tonight. so
0: good to see you.
1: Likewise. So, uh, yeah, I, I wish you all the best. Congrats on everything that's going on with you. You're, thank you're really you. doing some great stuff. So,
0: Congrats on your uh, panic attack next week.
1: <laughs> thanks so much, Nikki. You're going to handle
0: it well. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you're going to do great.
1: All right. And thanks for listening, everyone. This has been Dancers.